Right. Hey, good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and make our way back to our seats as we get ready to launch into the Word today. How about that praise and worship this morning, man? I tell you, God just knows how to set it all up for His people, and uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, well, it is so good to see you guys here uh, this morning. We, um, I get the pleasure of of introducing a, a dear brother in Christ to us today who's going to uh, bring the word to us. Uh, but he's been with us, the, I think, the last two summers, and we've given him the opportunity to just introduce his mission ministry to us uh, and to our church. But today he's not only going to talk about his mission ministry, but he's also going to bring the message, uh, the word to us today. And uh, this is Cuckoo Matthews. Uh, you heard me right, Cuckoo, K-U-K-K-U. Cuckoo Matthews with Reach India Missions, and uh, he's actually from India. You might be able to tell when he stands up and and you and you hear him talk and you see him. But uh, I, I've I've had the opportunity to to just have a few short conversations with him because I've been out of town the last two years that he's he's been in our neck of the woods, and so I'm glad I'm able to be here this year uh, to sit in and and witness. Um, what, what he's going to say, but listen, I'll follow him on Facebook, and he's so very good at keeping up communications online and just showcasing what God is doing throughout India and how God is using his, his life and using his ministry uh, to reach literally thousands and thousands of people across India, and uh, his passion and his compassion is contagious. Uh, to, to read the stories and see the different pictures of, of his communications online. It's, it's powerful. It's also convicting. Um, and uh, just like that last song we sang uh, by, by Keith Green, as, as we get faint in heart, the Lord can remind us that there are so many others who are going the extra mile. And, and here in America, let's just face it, we get, we get wimpy. All right, when the AC's not right, right? We get wimpy when the food order isn't correct, right? Uh, but it, it's, it's a good thing to have folks like Cuckoo and others who come through our church 
and not only talk about what God's doing there, but it's also a sign that we need to be reminded that we're not the only ones in this world serving Jesus. There's a whole lot more out there, and that we need to continue to step up our game of faithfulness. Amen? And so, cuckoo, no pressure, but God's given you a word to share with us today, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm so glad this brother is here with us today. So would you help me give a very warm New Life Church welcome to our dear friend and missionary, Cuckoo Matthews. Good morning, church. It's the second time I'm here. I'm so thankful to Pastor Jeremy for allowing me to speak God's word. It's really difficult to preach in American church. Like all the American pastors really want to preach to their people, but uh, I see some of the pastors like Jeremy who have a great heart to give the time from other missionaries from other countries to speak God's word. I'm so happy to be here. This is the, I, I told you, this is my second time. Pastor Je- Jeremy was not here last time when I came here. Uh, the funny thing is, it's really difficult to travel in this country with the name Cuckoo. It's, it's really hard. Like, when I came here first time, I didn't know that Cuckoo means crazy here. But the moment I realized Cuckoo means crazy, I felt really sad. And, you know, sometimes I used to say my name as Matthew instead of saying Cuckoo. Because, you know, when I introduce myself as Cuckoo, the entire church would laugh. Uh, so sometimes I really feel sad. I told my father, Dad, you need to change my name because I did not know that cuckoo means crazy in America. Uh, when I give my passport to the immigration officers, when I give my passport to the Southwest staff, they all laugh really loud. And the people who stand behind me, they all know that my name is cuckoo. <laughs> so I'm not crazy, but I'm so crazy for Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the way I just introduce myself <laughs> when I go to the different churches. Um, uh, like my spelling was C-U-C-K-O-O. That was my spelling. Um, and when I was in the sixth grade, I just learned about a bird name called Cuckoo. And I told my father, Father, you need to change my name or you need to change my spelling. So my dad was totally convinced to change my spelling. He changed it to K-U-K-K-U. That's my new spelling, but I'm still known as Cuckoo. Uh, so happy to see some beautiful face this morning. I hope some of you remember me. I just came here last year to share about our ministry, Reach India Mission. And also, thank, I'm so happy to see you, Pastor Thomas Varghese. Uh, you have started to grow in your hair. You're looking really handsome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, last year when I came here, uh, he just called me to his house. I know him, how, was, how he was looking like two years back. Uh, so happy to see you all. As Pastor Jeremy said, our ministry name called Reach India Mission. We are doing ministries in three states in India, reaching many unreached people groups. A few months back, we built a church in a village in Tamil Nadu. Uh, Over 50 lepers live there. You know, they all lost their fingers because of the leprosy. They they lost their uh, toes. Uh, Their full body were eaten by virus. When you go there, they smell really nasty, but... You know, God is so gracious. God loves them. Like, uh, today morning, the worship was really, really good. And I was thinking, like, you know, the lepers, they don't have fingers. But when you go over there, when you start to worship Jesus, they also clap their hands like this. But this morning, God was telling me when the lepers would go to heaven, God would give their fingers back to worship our God in heaven. You know, 48 people has you know, accepted Jesus as those in that village, and we build a church there, and people are worshiping in the church. 
even though they are lepers, even though they are neglected by the society, their own people, but God loves them, God is still for them, and God is, you know, working for them. Like, you know, when you see a lepers, when you touch your hand or when you hug them, you know, we can see the love of God. We can show the love of God instead of preaching the God's name. So uh, at, the, at the same time, we have involved in different ministries, traveling into different places to preach God's name. Uh, I hope some of you know that in North India, it's really tough to preach the God's name. Uh, we, have, we, are minist- we are doing ministry in a state called Chhattisgarh in North India. If you convert someone to Christianity, if any of their family members give a complaint against you to the government, the police can put you in the prison for three years and they can char- charge you penalty because that state is under the law of anti-conversion. You can't convert anyone. But this month of April, we have conducted a three-day crusade over there. 81 people accepted Jesus as their personal savior. It does not matter how much uh, problems you have in different areas, but God is still moving. Jesus is still moving. Like when I went to every, uh, you know, three-day crusade, I just conclude our uh, crusade every day. And my brother, he's really crazy. He's not scared to preach the name Jesus anywhere. Like when we got the permission from the government to preach the name Jesus... Our government told us to start the crusade at 6.30 and you should finish at 9.30. You are in a time frame. You can't exceed the 9.30 time. And you are not allowed to talk about any other gods in that crusade. You can talk about Jesus, but you are not allowed to talk about any other gods in India. And you can't convert or you can't cumble anyone to come to Christianity. That was some of the regulations we have when we conduct the crusade. So my brother, he preached the second day. He went to the stage and he started to say, Jesus is the only one God. The, all the other gods in this world is not the real God. I said, oh, my brother, what you're doing? Like if some other people, you know, hear that he's preaching like that, they would, they would come and interrupt your crusade. And when I went to the, the stage to conclude the second day of our crusade, God spoke to me. He wants to send his spirit upon the people who are gathered in that village. And I said, the spirit of Lord is hovering in this village. If you want to receive it, this is the time that God wants to send his spirit. And I prayed and I saw that people started to clap their hands and they began to speak in tongues. And we just concluded the second day crusade. And our coordinator, Pastor Belsa, he just came and hugged me. His hug was really strong. I thought he would break my bones. As to him, what happened, brother? He said he was praying for his wife last four years to fill with the Holy Spirit. The second day of our crusade, his wife filled with the Holy Spirit, and she began to speak in tongues, and she prophesied over to that village. What a great God we have, right? It doesn't matter where you are traveling. It doesn't matter how many languages we, you, you know. Like in India, we have over 1,000 languages. Like I used to say that if you marry a person from this country, they speak the same language, English, right? You can talk to your wife and you can talk to your husband because they speak same language. But in India, if you marry anyone from another state, they speak a different language. It's really hard to talk with your wife or it's really hard to talk with your husband because they speak different languages. I just want to show you a small video. After that, I would like to go to uh, God's Word. I would like to encourage each and every one of you to watch our ministry video.
What's He's his your name? brother? I thought so. What's his name? What's your name? Logishfeld. Logishfeld? Logishfeld. And I love Jesus so much that he that I'm here to share with him today with you. He changed my life. I was, I was lost. I, I always felt like I was missing something. But when Jesus came in, when I accepted Jesus into my heart, everything changed.
praise God, Lord. And we, God, Lord, we ask for right now, Lord, that you speak to this young man, God, Lord, and you touch him, God, Lord, in a way that he never forgets, Lord, God. Thank you, God, Lord, for this man, God, Lord. We just ask, Lord, that you just restore his family, God, Lord. Not enough unless you come. We need me here again. Cause all I want is all you are. We need me here again. We are standing in a village called Devakuda. The history of this Hindu temple is unbelievable. 98% people in this village used to come to this Hindu temple to worship their Hindu god and goddess. And this temple have around 1000 gods. Every year on a special day, the people used to bring cows and bulls and they would give their animals to the priest and priests would cut the head of the animal and sprinkle the blood over this idol and they would they would believe that they are sacrificing the animals and pleasing their idols their god and goddess doing ministry in this place is really tough this is our coordinator pastor Belsai, and this is our pastor Koresh. please keep these two people in your prayer this is a pond near to this hindu temple and the priest in this temple used to take a bath in this pond and when they started this Hindu temple, the village people appointed two brothers as the priest and one brother hated the other one. And one evening, one brother was taking bath in this pond and another brother was hiding near to this tree and he was holding the axe in his hand. And his brother came after the bath, the other brother killed him and he, he, he cut the head of the brother with the axe. Even though this murder has happened, this temple and this village, but people still believing the Hindu gods and goddess in this temple. People used to come here to worship the Hindu gods. It's a satanic place. It's in a lot of evil spirit is here. We need to pray for this village, Devagudha. You're trying to enter to this Hindu temple in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's see what would happen. This is the place where the Hindu priests do all the worship. The Hindu priest would go there inside and he would pray for the people and the people would stand outside. It's a kind of idol. I hope some of I hope you can see a snake. It's a snake, they are worshipping snake here. You can see a lot of idols here. This is a, a god called Hanuman. And there is an Hanuman, another god. It's called God Ganabadi. We have a lot of idols here. There is another snake god. 
See, they are worshiping several, several gods. Thank you so much. Uh, please keep our ministry in your prayers. Uh, are you ready to hear God's word? Yes. yes, thank you. This morning I'm going to preach about a word that mentioned over 100 times in the Bible. And at the same time, that word is mentioned 131 times in the New Testament. And that word is grace. Apostle Paul, he used the word grace 99 times in his writings from Romans to the letter to the Hebrews. He mentioned the word grace 99 times in his writings. Grace is found in every single book in New Testament except the books Matthew, Mark, 1 John, and 3 John. We can't see the word grace in these four books, Matthew, Mark, 1 John, and 3 John. And all the other books in New Testament, we can see the word grace. If you look at the Bible, you can see many biblical characters who lived a life with a full of grace. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 14 says, Jesus came from Father, full of grace and truth. And when you come to book of Acts chapter 6, you can see another person. He's the first martyr of the Christianity. His name is Stephen. When Holy Spirit writes about Stephen, Holy Spirit said, Stephen, he was a full of grace, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of power, and full of grace. We can live a life with a full of grace. God's grace is available for every children of God. You know, we all know that grace means God's unmerited favor. That's the meaning of grace, right? God's unmerited favor. But the other side, grace, it's a force, it's a power. It's a power that transforms us. It's a power that awakens us from sleep. It's a power that gives a life in the midst of death. It's a power that is dynamic enough to transform us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. It's a power that saves us. It's a power that keeps us. 
It's a power that enables us and it's a power that sanctifies us. We all say that grace is God's unmerited favor. We were not deserved to, to receive God's grace. We were not deserved to receive God's blessing, but he sent his grace and he made us to worthy. He made us to deserve to receive God's blessing. We are here not because of the knowledge that we have. We are not here because of the talents we have. We are here because of God's grace. Every moment you need to say that, God, I need God's grace. Otherwise, I can't live in this world. This morning, I just want to tell you a few aspects of grace. The first is a grace that we have. It's a saving grace. The grace of Jesus Christ has the power to save humankind from the, from the day of judgment. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and it, this not from your, yourself, but it's a gift of God. You all saved because of grace of Jesus Christ. You know, when Apostle Paul, he had a past life. He was a persecutor. He was traveling to different places to persecute the churches and the people. Saul, he was born in a place called Thursos. He was the Hebrew of Hebrew. He's circumcised in the day of eighth. He was born in the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Pharisee. He was a Roman citizen. He was educated in Jerusalem under the feet of Gamaliel. He lived a faultless life. He had everything. At the same time, he was persecuting the churches and the believers of Jesus Christ. If Apostle Paul would have been here this morning, you can ask to Paul, Paul, what was the reason you persecuted the churches? I'm sure Paul would say, Jesus of Nazareth is dead. According to our law, if anyone hung on, the, on a tree, he is a curse. I won't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah of the world. I won't believe that he's a prophet. Because Jesus Christ is a curse. Because he hung on the cross. The followers of Jesus Christ preaching the name Jesus into the different places of Jerusalem. And they're still preaching that the name Jesus has the power. And the name Jesus Christ is doing miracles in this world. I want to eliminate this name Jesus from this world. I want to wipe out the name Jesus in this world. Otherwise the name Jesus Christ would destroy the Jewish faith. That was the reason he persecuted the churches. When we read the book of Acts chapter 2 says that Paul went, Saul went to different houses and dragged out all the people and persecuting them, beating them, putting them into the prison to deny the name Jesus Christ. But one moment Saul, he had received an authority to travel to a place called Damascus to persecute the Christians. Paul, he needed to spend 126 miles to travel to Damascus to reach. He needed to spend five hours in road to reach Damascus. Damascus, it, it was a city that had a large Jewish population. Over 30 to 40 synagogues were there. When the name Jesus went to a city called Damascus, the power of Jesus were working there. And the Jewish people, they began to accept Jesus as their savior. And Saul, he decided that I just want to stop the conversion of the Jewish people. I want to wipe out the Christianity from this world. I would say Saul, his character was just like a wild animal mangling its prey. Going to different places, persecuting 
the church. You know, the enemy is trying to make a strong foothold in the church. From the first century to till this Sunday, the enemy of the church is trying to make a strong foothold in the church to destroy the church. But my Savior Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. No one can destroy the foundation of the church. You are sitting in a place which God gave the foundation. You know, can you believe that Satan is trying from first century to till this day to destroy the church? But Jesus Christ, he is the one laid the foundation of the church. When Saul, he reached to the Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus. And he fell down from the horse and Jesus talked to Saul. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to believe to Saul that Jesus Christ is talking to him because Saul thought that Jesus has died. Jesus, he can't do any miracle. That was the belief of Saul in his mind. You know, in India, we have 300 million gods. People still worshiping cow as their god, tree as their god, sun as their god. But the funny thing is a cow, they can't do any miracle in this world except Jesus Christ. If you have a sickness in your body, can you believe that a cow can do, a, a cow can heal you? No, a cow can't heal you, but Jesus Christ can heal you because he is the savior of the world. When Saul had an encounter with Jesus, Saul totally understood that Jesus is not dead, he's alive. And he's talking to me. That is the saving grace. The moment Saul realized that Jesus is alive and he accepted Jesus as his savior. The Hebrew of Hebrews would become the apostle of Gentiles. The persecutor would become a preacher. A legalistic Pharisee would become a great proclaimer of the grace of God. Saul had been, Saul had been like a wild animal fighting with the gods, but now he would become a vessel of honor. Saul, he was chosen by a, man, a, a group of religious leaders to persecute the church. But the moment Saul realized the grace of God, he would become a chosen instrument of Jesus Christ to proclaim the name Jesus Christ to this world. Saul, he was an angry bull. But the moment he realized that Jesus is the Savior, he would become a docile lamb. The grace of Jesus Christ has the power to transform the mankind. I don't know how many of you have a past life and I'm sure that if I would give a time, you, you, you would have a lot of stories to share how the transformation works in your life. I don't know how many of you have heard a man called Sadhu Sundar Singh. He's from India. He lived in 19th century. He was, belongs to a religion called Sikh. His parents said Sadhu Sundar Singh to a school that was belongs to the American Presbyterian uh, Church. The Americans, missionaries, they gave the Bibles to all the students in that school. But Sadhu Sundar Singh, he was hated. He refused to read the Bible. He said, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to know about Jesus Christ. At the age of 14, Sadhu Sundar Singh's mother died. He was really angry when he heard the word God. One time he decided that I'm going to commit suicide because there is no God in this world. And he burned a Bible in a public and he humiliated Jesus. He said, Jesus Christ is not a God. He died. 
He burned the Bible in the public and he humiliated the name Jesus. Several years later, Sadhu Sundar Singh, he decided that I want to commit suicide because there is no God. This was his plan. He planned through himself in front of a train to commit suicide. Before he died, before he was trying to, uh, doing the suicide, he prayed to God seven hours. He prayed seven hours and the prayer was like this, Oh God, if you are alive, reveal to me. He prayed seven hours. At the seven hours, he saw a big light in his room. And there was a sound came out from that light. And that sound was, how long will you deny me? I died for you. Sadhu Sundar Singh said, if there, was, if there is anyone died for the humankind, that is not a religious character in my religion. If anyone is died for the humankind, that is Jesus Christ. The moment he accepted Jesus as his personal savior, and he went to all the villages, all the nook, all the corners of India, and he preached Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. The grace of Jesus would save humankind from the day of judgment. Church, we need to preach the grace of God. We need to preach the, the grace of Jesus Christ. I always say that you don't need to come to a pulpit to preach. When you go to fill your gasoline, if you see a person, you can say Jesus loves you. That one word is enough to transform his life because there is a power in the name of Jesus Christ. The first aspect of grace is it's a saving grace. And the second aspect of the grace is it's a strengthening grace. The grace that we have that strengthens you the every moment of your weakness. We are all weak, right? We are all weak. I believe some of you would find some of the grammatical mistakes when I preach, right? Or some of you have the difficulty to understand my English, my accent. Like I used to share my testimony wherever I go. I was really poor in speaking in English. The first sermon that I preached in English, that was 2016, the month of June. Yeah, January, that's the first sermon that I preached in English. My dad, he had a great heart to send me to this country for a theological student. But every time my U.S. consulate, they reject my visa. I was rejected five times. And I went to a college in India. I finished my Master of Divinity from a Bible college in India. That college is, belongs to Assemblies of God. And our college has a rule Everyone should speak in English. If anyone speaks in your own language, you need to pay a fine. And that fine would go to the mission field. I supported mission field several times. <laughs> oh, yeah, several times. Because I was, I was really, really poor in English. The funny thing about your, your language is every time when I come here, I try to learn some new words. I would go back to India. I will use that word. And when I come back next year, you guys will not use that word. You guys find some new words instead of the old one. That's the only thing I really hate about Americans. <laughs> so I was really poor in English. You know, I don't know where I have to put had been, have been, was, where. So I met some of my friends. Uh, they're, they're really good in English. So we decided that we need to spend some time in prayer. That's the first day in my college. On the second day, we woke up at 6 o'clock morning, and I just went to my friend's room for prayer. And I know that my friend would ask me to pray in English. And I don't know how to pray. The previous night, I just Googled it, how to pray in English. Seriously, trust me. Sometimes Google will help you, not every time. <laughs> and I just found a web page. 
teaching you how to pray in English. And I just wrote that first sentence in a paper. Heavenly gracious Father, we are so thankful to you. Thank you so much. You are allowing us to see this beautiful morning. That's the one sentence that I learned the previous night with the help of Google. The next day morning, 6 o'clock, I went to my friend's room for prayer. And my friend, his name is Jubin. He asked me, Cuckoo, can you lead us in prayer? I started to pray, Heavenly gracious Father, we are so thankful to you. Thank you so much for allowing us to see this beautiful morning. And I don't know how to pray the rest of the prayer because I learned that's the only one sentence the previous night. And I began to chant the words, God, your grace is sufficient for me. God, your grace is sufficient for me. I was chanting that words. Your go, God, your grace is sufficient for me. While I was chanting that words, I just opened my eyes. And I saw my friends, they were laughing without sound. They're laughing when, I, when I'm chanting the words, God, your grace is sufficient for me. Because he has asked me, asked me to pray for the churches in India. But I don't have the words in English to pray for the churches in India. But instead of praying, I'm chanting, God, your grace is sufficient for me. They were laughing without sound. And that makes me much pain in my heart. And I went to my college ground and I asked to God, I looked to heaven. And I cried to God and I prayed to God, God, I want to learn how to preach in English and how to pray in English. I don't want to get a good GPA, but I got a good GPA. But I really want to learn how to preach in English and how to pray in English. The funny thing is the people who laughed at me, the people who teased at me, they never travel out of India. This is the fourth time I'm coming to the United States. And this morning I'm preaching in the New Life Church in your language because of grace of Jesus Christ. People, it's not a matter how weak you are. Every moment of your weakness, you have God's grace. That grace would strengthen you every moment of your weakness. Right? You all have mobile phones, right? Right? When your phone has charged, you really like to use your phone. You like to check your Facebook. You like to check your Instagram, everything. But the moment your phone turn off, what do you do? You would put your phone in charge, right? Because if your phone does not have a charge or power, you don't want that phone. If your phone turn off, you will put your phone in the pocket. You don't want to take it. But if you met a person, you suddenly you'll take your phone and you search him in Facebook, all right? Because your phone has the power. If your phone is not in charge, there is no use. Every moment when you say, God, I'm weak, God would say, I'm strong. The moment you admit, God, I don't have enough knowledge, God would say, I can give you the wisdom as a knowledge. You know, the few months back, God was teaching me like this, like, and the Apple phone, that's the best gadget in the world, right? Apple have iPhone, iPad, iPod, everything. That's the best gadget. Best gadget in the world. Like, in iPhone, there's a feature called Siri, right? Siri. When you hold on your home button, you can ask to Siri, hey, Siri, which is the best talkable in Jackson? Yeah. Siri would give the answer, where's the best talkable in Jackson? But instead of holding the home button, there's another feature called Siri, right? The moment you activate your Siri in your phone, you can say, hey, Siri. So Siri would come up. And you can ask, hey, Siri, where is the best to talk about in uh, Jackson? Instead of holding the home button, you can ask to Siri. Siri would give the answer. See, if, if my dad is trying to talk to my Siri, my, my phone would not respond to my dad because my voice is activated in my Siri. No one in this church can't talk to my Siri because my voice is activated to my Siri. 
If Pastor Jeremy tried to talk to my Siri, Siri would not respond. But the moment I call, hey Siri, the Siri will respond. Because my voice is activated in my phone. The moment you cry, the moment you admit you are weak, my God would say your voice is activated in heaven and I would give the strength to overcome your, from your weakness. I used to say, my Jesus Christ is my Siri. Sometimes Siri would fail to give the answers, but the moment you kneel down, the moment you look to God, God never failed to give the answers of your prayers because He is a gracious God. God's grace works in your weaknesses, brothers and sisters. I don't know what is your weaknesses you have, but the moment you say, God, I'm weak, God would say, I would, I would give my strength. Apostle Paul, he pleaded three times to God to remove the thorn from his life. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, he was an educated man. He was a well-known man in his culture. But the moment God called Paul, God was sending Paul not among Jewish, but he was sending him to the Gentiles. If Paul was doing ministry among the Jewish, he knew how to do because he knew all the characters of Jews. But God sent him to the Gentiles. So Paul totally understood that if I want to do Lord's ministry among the Gentiles, I need the grace that comes from above. I need a grace that comes from God. If you look to the Bible, you can see many biblical characters who always said, God, I can't do that. Moses said, I'm not eloquent. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said I'm too young. Gideon said, how I can save Israel my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Every moment the people said, I am weak, God said, I can make you strength. You know, when I born this world, I had the problem, stutter. Till, you know, I was really, really difficult to talk because of the stutter. If, if I want to call Pastor Jeremy, I was calling him Pastor Jeremy. Like, I need to do like this, otherwise the world will not come. Otherwise, I need to do like this. I've never been in a school program from my first grade to the 10th grade because I was really scared because of my stutter. My dad told me, Kuku, I will send you, uh, we have a place called Kochi. I will send you over there. They have a training center. They will teach you how to talk. They will teach you how to talk if you have a stutter problem. My mother said, don't ever think that you have a people before you. Just think you are in your room and talk. But that never worked out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like... Like, when I was in my sixth grade, my teacher, I have a teacher named called Sophie, she said the following names would come to the school auditorium. So my name was there. So I just went to the school auditorium and she said, next month we have our anniversary, so we are going to conduct a drama. So these 30 students are going to participate in the drama. And she already made all the dialogues that I need to say in the, uh, in the drama. When I got that paper, it's two-page full dialogues, and it's really hard to say. I'm sweating, and I can't say the dialogues. And when teacher gave me the paper, she understood that I have the starter. So she just came, and she just put her hands around me and said, Cuckoo, I know what's your problem. That's okay. You know, you can leave the school. I can choose another person instead of you. And... Uh, I felt, oh my God, see, because of my stutter, I can be participating in the school anniversary also. I was really feel sad. My dad said, I will send you to a training center. My mom said, don't ever think that there are people standing before you. But I have a brother in my home. He always pray, God, 
You need to change the stutter of my brother, and you need to use him how you use Moses. I've never been in a stutter center. I've never been in a stutter center. When I was in the sixth grade, my teacher, Sophie, she striking my name from drama. But the moment God wrote my name in his paper, and he said, I will use you. I don't have any problem to talk now because God's grace is in my life. Dear people, you know what is your weaknesses more than anyone else. You know what the problem you are facing in your life. The moment you kneel down and ask to God, God, I need your grace, God would give his grace upon your life. Because his grace and because his grace would strengthen you. I don't know how many of you have heard about a missionary name called John G. Lake, John Graham Lake. His eight siblings died because of an unknown disease. When John G. Lake, he was in his teenage, a teenager, John G. Lake also had affected by an unknown disease. They, everyone left John G. Lake. There is no hope. And John G. Lake, he kneeled down one time and he prayed. There was nobody to pray for me. As I sat down alone, I said, Lord, I am finished with the world, with the flesh, with the doctors. From today, I lean in the arm of God. That was the prayer John G. Lake prayed when he went to an unknown disease. The moment he prayed, God stretched his healing hand upon John G. Lake and he was completely healed. The moment he healed, he decided that I want to go to South Africa to do Lord's ministry. If you read the book of John G. Lake, the first page says, throughout the ministry of John G. Lake, 10,000 people completely healed through the ministry of John G. Lake because of the prayer that John G. Lake prayed. I don't know what is your prayer this morning. I have the difficulty to understand your prayer. I have the difficulty to understand your weaknesses because I'm a human. But you have a God in this, you have a God here this morning. Because Bible says two or three people gather in his name, his presence is here. Don't ever look to the faces of human beings. Look to God, he is here to strengthen you in the midst of your weaknesses. His grace would strengthen you. And I really want to conclude with one more point, and that point is the grace of Jesus would enable you to preach the name Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 says, Though I am less than the least of all Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles. Paul saying that I am the least, I am the less of all the Lord's people, but God gave his grace upon me to preach the name Jesus. You know, as Pastor Jeremy said, you don't have any problem to come here, right? If, if your church does not have air condition, you will not come, right? Yeah. Like, I saw, one of my friends told me, Cuckoo, it's, our American churches are really spoiled. He told me that if your church is not air conditioned, people will not come. If you don't have a nice chair, people will not come. But I don't know, you know, if you look to the different countries in the world, there are Thousands of the church still worshiping God without power. If you come to my mission field, I can take you to many churches. It does not have even power. Apostle Paul, he does not care where he's traveling. His only responsibility is to preach the name Jesus. Church, we need to preach the name Jesus. If the church would not preach the name, then who would preach the name Jesus? God has given the responsibility in our life to preach the name Jesus. 
When Paul writes the letter to the Thessalonians, first chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, he says that the gospel came to us not by words, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. The moment you pronounce the name Jesus, the Holy Spirit is working in your life, and that word Jesus would go to others' heart with a power. And the name Jesus would transform people's life. You know, in India last year, I told you that we are doing ministry in Chhattisgarh. Two years back, there was a church, and a Sunday morning, the church was worshiping the Lord. Some religious fanatic came inside the church, and they dragged all the church instruments, and they poured the gasoline over the church instruments, and they burned it. And the pastor's wife, she was eight months pregnant, and the religious fanatic poured the gasoline over the pastor's wife. And the religious fanatic asking the people and the pastors to deny Jesus. Otherwise, they will, they will burn that pastor's wife. The pastor said, even if you burn my wife, I won't deny my Jesus. Because I lived a life with sins. I was dead in transgression and in my sins. But the moment Jesus came to my life, my life totally transformed. And I found peace in Jesus. Few months later, the court called that pastor and the judge asked to that pastor, what do you want to say about the fanatics, the people who pour the gasoline? The pastor said, we want to forgive them. It's not a matter what they are doing, but it's for me a matter to forgive them because God gave me a grace to forgive the people. God's grace is available in our life to preach the name Jesus. Because he's the savior of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the redeemer. He's the provider. He's the healer. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lamb of God. He's the king of kings. Head of the church. Good shepherd. Chief cornerstone. Alpha and omega. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He's the author and the perfecter of the faith. He's the peacemaker. Church, we need to preach the name Jesus Christ. When was the last time you cried out to God for this county? When was the last time you cried out to God, God, you need to save the people in my state, Tennessee? When was the last time you cried out to God, God, you need to save the people in this place? You know, 100 years back, American missionaries, they were so zealous to travel to different nations to preach the name Jesus. But now America needs missionaries from another country to preach the name Jesus. Still India believes that America has 100% Christians. Still India believes that. But the last four years of journey to this country, I totally understood that the atheist people are growing in this country. Church, we need to preach the name Jesus. Because he had given the grace in our life to preach the name. Would you please raise in your feet? I'd like to call the church choir to sing the song Amazing Grace. I don't know how many of you are really struggling with your weakness. I don't know how many of you are going through brokenness or discouragement this morning. Would you please take a moment to cry to God? Would you please take a moment to pray to God? God, I need your grace. I need your grace. I just preach only three aspects of grace. I, have, I can preach several aspects of grace. Living grace, visible grace, working grace, Obedient grace, standing grace, abounding grace, spiritual gift giving grace, subjective grace, exceeding grace, sufficient grace, 
calling grace, accepting grace, ministering grace, spoken grace, glorifying grace, consoling grace, hoping grace, strengthening grace, teaching grace, enabling grace, establishing grace, future grace, manifolding grace. Different aspects of grace. I don't know what the situation, I don't know your weaknesses. Would you please take a moment to pray to God? God, I need your prayers. I need your grace in my weakness.
Praise God. Let's bow our heads. We want to pray. Today, if you're here, we want to, we're all going to pray this prayer together, but God's grace is sufficient. His grace is tangible. His grace is here right now. So I'm going to ask all of us to pray this prayer together. It's called a believer's prayer. Let's pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. You are my Savior, and I cannot save myself. I need you. Forgive me of all my sins and my shortcomings. I repent of my ways and turn to you today. Help me to move forward in a relationship with you and to fulfill the purpose that you have for my life. I thank you now, and I love you, Jesus. Amen.